Join the conversation. Join the conversation. You're with Kate Talk. If you've watched any American high school movie or TV series, you've no doubt at least come across the concept of the dreaded SATs, the standard achievement test. They're sometimes referred to, I think, technically, scholastic assessment tests is the more recent designation for those, uh, those letters. But what they are is a series of exams that are widely used by American universities to assess college applications and to measure students' readiness for the tertiary environment against an even standard for all applicants. So no matter where you've come from, how prestigious or unprestigious a school you've come through, you all write the same test and are assessed on those findings. And over 2 million students write them every year, including foreign students who are hoping to apply to study at American universities. Today I've invited Rebecca Pretorius of Crimson Education to chat to us about how South African scholars can access those tests and who should really consider writing them. Um, As you will probably remember from our previous conversations with them, Crimson Education is a global mentorship company that helps to match students with international study opportunities. And it's a pleasure to have you back with us again, Rebecca. Welcome. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. The immediate question I can foresee from uh, from listeners is, how is a South African student going to manage an American college entrance exam, knowing that the curricula they've studied are surely very different? Uh, Rebecca, the SATs aren't actually curriculum-based, though, are they? they? They're sort of intended to be curriculum-neutral. That's the whole point, isn't it? Yes. I mean, there may be American bias, though, right? It's a, it is a U.S. test. Um, uh, but, but certainly, yes, it's a, it's a kind of math and literal, literacy kind of reasoning test. So, so in a lot of ways, kind of similar to our kind of South African national benchmarking yeah. test. And that, that's exactly what it is, right? A benchmark um, for universities to be able to use to to rank students. But, um, but so, so in a lot of ways, math is math. Um, and so students who, you know, kind of practice and, and are prepared can, you know, can take the test. Many international students, obviously, in many different countries take the test every year. So it's, it's not, it's not, you know, kind of entirely unfamiliar, um, you know, for South Africans, although, you know, the test format itself in the past in terms of being multiple choice and so on is quite different to what students are used to at school. Yeah. Um, and there is a body of content that, you know, students need to need to cover. And sometimes that determines when South African students take the test uh, versus, you know, a domestic student in the U.S. Okay, we'll talk about those timelines in just a moment. You've mentioned the test format previously used to be all multiple choice, but I gather there have been some quite substantial changes in the last couple of years, Rebecca. Yes, so I think multiple choice, you know, kind of that remains, but it was a paper and pencil test previously. So um, international students taking the SAT, the, the SAT online from now, um, from Saturday. Um, and uh, and in the US, that will happen in 2024 uh, when they take the, the test digitally. So, um, so really kind of intended to to provide a more kind of flexible option for students developed kind of during the pandemic um, so that so that students can kind of still take the test as well. So kind of designed to make, you know, the test easier, um, easier to take, easier to give um, and so on as well. So um, so just delivering it digitally um, in order to kind of adapt, adapt the test based on, you know, kind of evolving student and in fact world needs uh, in a lot of ways coming out of that pandemic. 
Rebecca, digital test load shedding phase five or six. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, uh, a big, big question mark there. <laughs> yes, absolutely everything. Um, I don't, I don't think that that our electricity problems were were considered during the development of this test. Um, and in fact, the rolling it out in March in South Africa to international students, right, is not the ideal solution. Yeah. Um, and so there isn't, there isn't. Uh, you know, the paper-based test has kind of gone right, and there are obviously lots and lots of advantages around that. But but potentially, it does mean um, some disruption to to the SAT for South African students. So there does have to be, you know, kind of a backup um, a, a backup for uh, for students who are going to be who are going to be taking it, and that will be up to test centres um, to to do it. So although although it is done online, it's not done at home. Um, and uh, and so test centres do need to take into account the fact that um, that it is online and and need to to have that backup electricity wise. Okay. Before we talk any further about mm. the actual test itself, Rebecca, let's go back a few steps mm. and talk about sort of who should be thinking about writing it in the first place. Now, obviously, anybody who is thinking of applying to an American university, um, do you have to have an SAT result? Is it possible to get into an American university without one? Oh, absolutely it is, right? So um, there are many schools in the U.S. that are, are what's called test blind. Um, so this would include all of what are kind of quite well-known universities, especially to us, you know, watching, you mentioned watching movies earlier. Yep. So exactly that, you know, UCLA, the University of California schools, UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC Santa Monica, all of those schools. And test blind for those schools and other schools means that schools won't consider students' SAT score at all as part of the admissions process. So even if you submitted your your scores, they won't be reviewed. Um, and then there are other schools which are called kind of test optional. Um, so you can choose whether to submit or not submit an SAT score. Um, and that includes, you know, kind of top universities, including Harvard, for example, oh, wow. and, yeah. you know, kind of Ivy League universities. So Although it's not required there, it is certainly a great advantage to take an, the SAT um, in order to kind of su- submit an application to a top school, especially as an international student. And then outside of that, especially as a student, maybe doing a local uh, qualification such as an IEB or NSC. We are talking to Rebecca Pretorius of Crimson Education about the concept of the SATs and who should consider writing them and how to do that in South Africa. If you've got a student who is thinking of applying to an American university and have any questions around this process, please feel free to either call us on 021-446-0567 or send a voice note to 072-567-1567. As a matter of interest, Rebecca, can you use an SAT score to bolster your application uh, in a country out? Outside of America, so say you're a South African, mm. you've written the SATs with the name of going to the States, but you're also thinking of applying for medical school in Grenada, for example. Mm-hmm. Could it be of use in that application as well? It, it, it absolutely can. So not everywhere, right? So not, you know, kind of not helpful, you know, if you're applying to a, you know, a UK university or even a university in Canada, uh, but in a, at a number of different, you know, kind of places and regions, you can. Europe, for example, an SAT score again may not be required, but could be seen as maybe advantageous is the best word for it, yeah. right? And in a lot of ways, if 
if one thinks about the fact that, you know, my child, for example, at a South African school doing a South African qualification, it, not to say that it's it's bad or anything like that, but just that it's not as well known, right? So, so students, there are obviously lots of different, you know, kind of curricular qualifications all around the world, local ones in almost every country. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's, so, you know, it's a helpful benchmarking tool for universities um, to be able to have a quality, a quantitative assessment of a student. So that's a good way of kind of thinking about it um, like that, that it's a quantitative assessment in the face of very much, you know, a, a student coming with a, a curriculum that may be unknown or yeah. they just don't understand the rigor or they just don't see it that often. Okay, so again, the kinds of things that this test is testing, your reading and writing and reasoning abilities, as well as your grasp of mathematics, it's not a Mm. curriculum-based test that you can necessarily study for. But Rebecca, having said that it is a slightly different format from what we're used to, um, I know, thinking back, my daughter this time last year had to write the NBTs and Mm. she found it useful to to have a look at sample questions online, for example. Mm. Is there anything like that available for a South African student who wants to just at least have some idea of what they'd be walking into absolutely there's lots of preparation and i would absolutely encourage students to prepare really well for it it can make a huge difference in your application um i've i've not seen students gain admission to top schools either without an sat score or without certainly without a, a very very strong one right so i think the first thing to say is to for students to kind of diagnose your skills early on right so have a look at a past paper. So Crimson students, we do we do a diagnostic test with students so we understand what their strengths and weaknesses are, where they should be focusing. But, you know, students can do that themselves by doing a, you know, a past paper, understand your gaps um, and where you may need to work on them. Mm-hmm. And then take at least two kind of full practice tests more if you can. Um, you know, many of the kind of Asian countries uh, China, for example, where students score very highly in the SAT, much of that comes from the fact that they do lots of practice tests. So just like your teachers advise you, you know, ahead of exams um, to do some past papers, it's the same thing. So take, you know, do some past papers, some practice tests. Make sure that, you know, you kind of students, I would encourage them to make sure they're really familiar with the instructions for, for the, you know, for each kind of section, for all of the questions and understand timing. Um so that's one of the changes with the new with the digital SAT. The time has kind of changed more more um, time for each question, but certainly it is, there's still quite a bit of time pressure. So you know, kind of make sure that you understand you know how quickly you work, where you need to kind of speed up, how much time you need to spend reading questions, and then the last thing I would say is to to read widely. Um, so you mentioned right at the start, you know, it's a it's a US test. So, you know, read things that, you know, you may not normally read, like the New York Times, for example, to, you know, improve your, you don't have to kind of go and read a dictionary, but just mm-hmm. to, to read widely and improve your vocab um, and and the kind of, uh, the kind of reading and, and passages that you may be faced with in the SAT. Now, let's talk a little bit about the practicalities. Rebecca, firstly, how much does it cost for a South African student to sit the SATs? 
Um, it's oh, sorry. And actually, if I can, Pippa, just yep. go back to to say that there are lots of free resources on College Board who administers the SAT. Yep. Um, there's lots of free resources there, as well as kind of Khan Academy um, have lots of test practice papers and so on that students okay. could could jump into. Um, it's about a hundred dollars um, for a South African student, so it's it's fairly substantial when we when we translate that to rand. Yeah. Um, and students may be taking the the test more than once. We would generally advise students that they're taking it kind of two or three times um so um to either bump up the score um super score which is kind of a combination of an english score and a math score from different tests right um so there are there are kind of a number of reasons why a student might not be taking it just once so so it might it might add up Okay, so bear that in mind. But obviously, if you are someone who has their heart set on a particular course at a particular American university and you're going to do whatever it takes to get there, this is something to consider along the way. Now, um, okay, you you mentioned the the introduction of the digital test um, in March already. For for our listeners' purposes, it's too late for that one. But there is Mm -hmm. another testing session happening in early May, isn't there, Rebecca? Yes, yes, a number of different, um, you know, kind of opportunities to, to be able to write the test throughout the year. Um, in you know, kind of almost uh, almost every month, uh, but certainly the next one then is May. It's an opportunity in kind of August, October, um, December, um, and and certainly for matric students. Though um, I would encourage you to make sure that you register for the May one, so that you do have an opportunity to um, to write again should you need to. Mm. Um, and it's important to consider that sometimes they they fill up quite quickly the the, the spaces. So if you if you need to access a particular test center, um, you know, especially especially in kind of a, a you know a major city, for example, Johannesburg, the test centers can fill up quickly. So so don't leave it to the last minute. Um, and also the, the U.S. deadline, the first deadline is November. Um, the 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 test after that is in December. So so to make sure you're kind of getting the the date the the test date before your November deadline and not the one afterwards. So some considerations around kind of timelines, especially for matric. Um, Uh, Although I would encourage grade 11 to to consider doing it. Okay, so again, that's important. Mm -hmm. Remembering the American... Collegial term works differently uh, from ours. Uh, you know, our, our academic calendar is sort of mirroring the the um, the calendar months. It's sort of February to December. There starts in the final quarter of the year and runs into the following year. So you need to have your application in early to meet those deadlines. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, final uh, final question then is around venues in Cape Town. I know previously the American International School has been a venue. Uh, I think Herschel and Somerset College previously. Um, any idea who are the testing centres in the Cape Town area specifically? Um, sure. Um, so Herschel remains a, a test centre as well, the same as the American International School. Um, they do change. They do change every year. The one thing I would say is, anyone looking for any kind of test dates, registrations, venues that are close to them, um, to go onto the College Board, uh, to go onto the College Board website. Everything you need to know is on there. Okay, what's that website address, please, Rebecca? Uh, I'll give it to you now. So literally, just College Board. Um, uh, collegeboard.org there we go www.collegeboard.org um, and all of the information including kind of practice tests and everything else is there and then of course Crimson Education's own website is crimsoneducation.org forward slash ZA there's a lot of info there on accessing uh, sample questions and answers and practice material as well uh, and I believe you guys also from time to time run sort of master classes as well is that correct? 
Yes, we had we had our kind of last one ahead of this test sitting um, on Sunday with Brad Lichilla Campbell. So in my team, a Harvard graduate and um, has taught hundreds and hundreds of hours of SAT tutoring. Um, and we will run them again um, during the course of April ahead of the ahead of the May SAT. So so absolutely, people can have a look on our website for when we have those classes, either in person or online. Um, and there is there is a helpful ebook, um, the SAT or ACT, and all about the kind of new digital um, SAT that you can access through our website as well. So I would encourage people um, to look at that. Lots of blogs about it as well. So so read widely on on what the SAT taking SAT means for you. Rebecca Pretorius of Crimson Education, thank you very much. And if anybody listening has done it recently and wants to share any advice or give us feedback on whether it was useful to you to have and be able to produce an SAT result, pop us a voice note during the news 0725671567.